So uh, turn in your Bible to Romans chapter 7. It's page 1200 if you have the ESV Pew Bible. And stand with me as we read the first six verses of Romans chapter 7 today. Paul writing to the Romans says, Or do you not know, brothers, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law is binding on a person only as long as he lives. For a married woman is bound by law to her husband while he lives, but if her husband dies, she is released from the law of marriage. Accordingly, she will be called an adulteress if she lives with another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from that law. And if she marries another man, she is not an adulteress. Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions, aroused by the flesh, were at work in our members to bear fruit for death. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Let's pray. God, we ask uh, for deliverance today as we think about this passage, God. We ask for, uh, for you to move to liberate our lives, to our hearts and our minds, to help us uh, to recognize that we all have that default mode in our lives where we try to, uh, to live according to law, where we try to, to work our way to heaven, where we um, get things so backward and so wrong. Uh, and we end up miserable and, and unable to do uh, anything right because um, we realize that no matter how hard we try, it's never good enough. So we pray for your freedom to reign today. Uh, we pray that you help us to understand your message to us and, uh, and that your word would bring life and liberty. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated. So uh, today we're going to talk about the new way of the Spirit versus the old dogs of the law. Uh, and uh, so as we look at that, the, the audience, has, you know, as we study any of the, the letters in the New Testament, we're reading somebody else's mail, right? We're, uh, we're reading the, the mail that, uh, that Paul wrote to the Romans, and they knew the law. He was speaking to those who knew the law. Um, and so that would have been the Old Testament law. And it was so ingrained in them, and, and they, had, they had changed it, and, and you know, it had become something that God never intended it to be. Uh, all these rules and regulations, and uh, some of them were from the Old Testament, some of them were from God and uh, handed down through Moses, but many of them were man-made, and many of them had been um, corrupted and, and changed. And so Jesus comes to transform all that. Uh, Jesus comes to bring a new way. And so this new teaching is not about teaching an old dog new tricks. You know that saying, right? Uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, it wasn't about them trying to do that. Just get these people uh, to do something new. It was about putting that old dog to death and trusting God for new life in Christ. 
And that is covered there in those six verses that, uh, that we just read. It wasn't about uh, just adding something on to what they already knew. It was about dying to their way of doing things and starting doing things the way of Jesus Christ. And that's true for all of us. If we grow up around Christianity, we develop a lot of old ways that have nothing to do with Jesus that have nothing to do with what He taught and how He lived, uh, that have really aren't even of God at all. They're just religious or they're just these family things that we do and that we believe in. And maybe we're taught they're godly, but they're actually not godly at all. Right? They're, not, they're, they're anti-Christ things. They're not even of Christ at all. And, uh, and if we don't recognize those things and, and know Jesus Christ like these people knew that Old Testament law, if we don't know Jesus Christ, then we go on and on doing these old things that are only bringing death and they're not bringing life. And, uh, and we've got to put those things to death, not just uh, you know, punish them or, or change them up a little bit. We've got to die to things, and that's hard. That's hard for us when we get these things so ingrained in us. Uh, it's hard for us to put those things to death. But that's what Paul is telling them must take place. It must happen in our lives. Not just trying to teach us some new tricks, but dying to that old way and rising with Jesus Christ to a new way. To the way of the Holy Spirit. And the greatest opposition to Jesus in the early church came from the old dogs of the law. Uh, and so those old dogs of the law, those old Pharisees and Sadducees and uh, you know, all of those guys, the scribes, and they knew they, they had that old law ingrained in them. And they're the ones that stood up against Jesus. And I want to read a passage from Roman, I mean from uh, Matthew 23 today um, that, that you know it's so important just to hear the words of Jesus and think about who he's talking to. He wasn't talking to the tax collectors and the, and the prostitutes and the beggars. And uh, he was talking to these very scribes and Pharisees, these old dogs of the law. And it says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you, but not the works they do, for they preach but they do not practice. They tie heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to move them with their finger. How many times are we telling people what they should do, but we're not, move, we're not doing a thing to help them uh, to, to, to come to know the Lord. We're not doing a thing to help them to, to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. These guys were tying, you know, placing all these heavy laws and heavy burdens on people, but not living it, not doing anything to really help them. Uh, and says, verse 5, So they do all their deeds to be seen by others. For they make their phylacteries, which was a piece of clothing they wore, broad and their fringes long. And they love the places of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. 
Call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And so in Christ, this is the new way. It's not about titles and and, and garments and all these outward things. It's about what's going on in your heart. It's about what you truly know God is doing on the inside and allowing what God is doing on the inside to come out. Verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you blind guides who say, If anyone swears by the temple, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gold of the temple, he is bound by his oath. You blind fools. For which is greater, the gold or the temple that made the gold sacred? And you say, If anyone swears by the altar, it is nothing. But if anyone swears by the gift that is on the altar, he is bound by his oath. You blind men. For which is greater, the gift of the altar that makes the, or the, um, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? So whoever swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple swears by it and by him who dwells in it. And whoever swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining out a a gnat and swallowing a camel. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside may be clean also may be clean woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you are like whitewashed tombs which outwardly appear beautiful but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness so you also outwardly appear righteous to others but within you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness woe to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you build the tombs of the prophets Decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If he had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you witness against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How are you to escape being sentenced to hell? And so you can study on and on in what Jesus is saying to them, but how He speaks to them is, is, is what we need to hear today. Every one of us need to think about those words of Jesus today. 
Because the greatest opposition to the newness that God wants to bring in your life is going to be from that old dog of the law within you. That old part of you. That party that wants to hang on to the old. Hang on to, uh, to, to ways that aren't of God. That, that, that you've inherited from uh, your community or your family or your environment that you grew up in or whatever. And they feel like they're right. They feel like they come from God. They feel like the, everybody always did it this way. But it's nothing about Jesus. And we've got to search our hearts for that. And look within us for that. It was so ingrained in, uh, in, in, who, in the brothers that, that Paul is talking to in this passage that they had no idea it was even there. They couldn't see it. And that's what we've got to pray is for eyes to see all those ways that aren't of God. In the Old Testament, God directly gave the law to Moses. And His law directed the nation of Israel in their worship, in their relationship with God, and in their social relationships with others. So in and of itself, the law was from God. The law is good. The law is exactly what it should have been. It would have helped Israel. They would have been blessed above and beyond. And they were blessed when they followed the laws of God and had that right relationship with Him. But what happened was is they turned away from the true law of God and they began to use the law in the wrong way. To abuse the law. And so I started thinking about law in our own lives. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I, I took a little hike around Walnut Springs and I, and I, and, you know, and I looked for, for laws that are all around us every day. Here's one image. was that speed limit sign. And, uh, and that speed limit sign was 30 miles an hour. So when you're going through town, how many of you guys have broken that law? Right? Maybe you've spent their time. <laughs> we had one guy at least. Right? You might speed through town. Maybe you're going. What if, what if every time you went 31 miles an hour, there was a, a, a sheriff's deputy there to give you a ticket? Right? We'd all be broke. We'd be a lot care, you know, more careful uh, with that, right? But that's a, that's a law that we observe all the time, everywhere we go. That next slide was a, a weight limit. Probably you've never looked at that before, but there's, if you go down 927, you're not to weigh over 58,000 pounds, right? Uh, and, uh, because it begins to tear up the roads, right? So that's a law right there in downtown. This was a good one. No loitering in front of the community center uh, in Walnut Springs. And so... Uh, so the police are going to enforce that, although we don't have any police. We have sheriff's deputies. But, uh, but I like the, uh, the, the Spanish translation is uh, there's no vagabundos. You're not to, uh, they're not permitted, right? So no vagabonds are permitted. I, I like that. So, uh, so that's another law. Uh, I've had some complaints from Blackie's Bait Shop that you, that you church members have been going out with your shirts uh, going in there without shirts on. So they have a law here that, uh, that says you got to have your shirt on and you can't have a tank top if you go into Blackie's Bait Shop. Uh, if they're guys. If they're guys. Whoa, wow. I, I didn't even want to go there. Here, right in front of our church, we have a stop sign, right? That's a law. Uh, how often do we break that law by, uh, by just kind of not really stopping? I, I, I tend to do that, right? Just kind of a rolling stop. Um, and then the post office looks like the beautiful Walnut Springs post office, but there's laws all over the post office, uh, right? There's a handicap parking. You're not supposed to 
you know, park there unless you have a permit. Again, we're very against loitering in Walnut Spring. No vagabonds. Um, and then, no, now look, they take all the fun out of going to the post office. You can't bicycle. You can't skateboard. No rollerblading. Oh, that's uh, all terrible stuff. And then, uh, and then this best law, this came from the... the uh, Nursing home, thank you. Ruthie and I went and did uh, communion at the nursing home. So, uh, so here you have, uh, you're not supposed to put your bedpan into the trash can of the cafeteria. <laughs> so I thought, wow, because, uh, you know, it's no bedpans, you know, exclamation points all across. And I thought, That's, that must be an interesting story as to why <laughs> they've got to have that law at the nursing home. But we, we have laws all around us, and those laws are good things, right? Those laws are there because we don't want people going 80 miles an hour through our town and someone getting run over. We don't want our roads full of potholes by big, heavy trucks uh, that are overweight, right? Ruining, ruining roads. And uh, we want people stopping at stop signs and, and all those things. And so in the time of Jesus, the religious elite were using the law as a stick to beat people right that was their heart it was to let people know you sped through town and we're gonna punish you for it you think about that lady that was caught in adultery and they brought her to jesus because they wanted to they wanted to see jesus you know bring down the law so that she is stoned to death for the sin that she did uh that she was caught in and uh and uh, and so we think they used that law to beat people but god meant for the law to bring liberty to bring accountability uh in worship not condemnation and hopelessness and despair uh, and so when we live according to the way of the Spirit, we begin to see that, the benefits of obeying God, of listening to God, uh, and the freedom that comes from that. I wanted to share a quote. Athletes, I don't have a slide for it, but athletes who make themselves slaves to conditioning and practice are free to command their bodies to do marvelous things. Musicians who make themselves slaves to scales, the rudiments of music, and hours of practice are free to fill their lives with music. Students who make themselves slaves to books and studying are free to access information from their minds. Those who are slaves to such discipline are free to enjoy the benefits. But freedom that is unrestrained without discipline enslaves us when we become slaves of christ we become surprisingly free to enjoy the fruits of the spirit which include love joy and peace in a true relationship with god and we become free to achieve the things he has called us to do amen so that new way of the spirit it's not about trying to figure out you know you know, all these laws and all these regulations, it's about entering into a right relationship with Jesus and beginning to live my life day by day, walking by the Spirit. And I'm going to find myself so free, so liberated as a slave to Christ. Part of that liberation is accountability. If we want to stay free and we want to stay, you know, not be dragged back to that old way of living where we never measure up, and we, we, we know that no matter how hard we try, it's never going to be good enough. Uh, if we want to stay out of that, we've got to hold each other accountable. 
Not necessarily to a bunch of laws, but to a relationship. How is your relationship with God? Are you growing in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you discovering the gifts and saying yes to the opportunities that God's presenting in your life that Jesus has given you to do? Are you worshiping God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength? Are you finding that place of liberation to live for Him? Or are you just following all these rules and, and these regulations? For example, uh, are you in a relationship with the law of, of church or the law of what you perceive to be you know, Christianity or whatever? Are you in the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? For example, is it God loves me because I come to church? Or I came to church because God loves me. There's a big difference there. God loves me because I came to church. I'm so good. I'm so God loves me because I sing in the choir. God loves me because I went to Sunday school extra points. Or is it I do those things because God loves me. I do those things because I'm in this relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Those things are my passion because of what God has done for me in Jesus Christ. And that's a subtle difference, but that's where the old dogs of the law were. God loves me because of what I wear and because of what I know and because of the things that I do and I wash my hands so many times before I eat and I, whatever it is, or is it I do whatever God's called me to do because He loves me. And I'm so amazed that He loves me and He's forgiven me and He's liberated me and, and, uh, and He's given me this uh, you know, a hope and, and, a, and a power to be accountable for what He's called me to do uh, and, and this freedom to live for Him. Are you in a relationship with the law or the Lord? Are you burdening people with rules like the Pharisees were doing? Or are you leading people into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ? If you're happy to just see people following rules, then you're, you're part of the problem, right? If it's, oh good, they finally, oh, they finally live, but their heart's not right. Right, if they're if they're still uh, you know doing things that uh, that that you know start to look more Christian Christian like or whatever, but their hearts aren't changed, their relationship with God's not right, and that makes us happy. Something's wrong. Are we burdening people with rules or leading people into a relationship, a new way, a new way in the spirit of, of living for God? Do you do your good deeds to be seen by others? Or is your motive to please God? And, and we got to be careful there because it's not about hiding your deeds. That's not the heart of that. Right? We want to let our light shine. We, you know, we, we want to glorify God. And, and, but is the motive of it deep down in our heart, not who sees me do it. I don't care if they see me or don't see me. It's my heart is to please God. My heart is I want to, I want to please Him. I want to, He loves me. Right? He's died for me on the cross. He's my Savior and my Lord. So my motive is I just want to please Him. Whatever that looks like. Do you love the place of honor? Or are you content to find your honor in Christ 
and not people's opinions or not your social status. And we've got to be careful with that one. That we want that place of honor. You better respect me. You, I want people to see how amazing I am. Or is it, I want to give honor to Christ. I don't care what people think anymore. Or if I do, I'm striving not to anymore. I want to get away from that old law, from that old way of pleasing people and living up to what they want me to do. I want to honor Christ. Are you exalting self or humbling yourself by exalting Christ? And there's a huge difference in that. And a lot of people use church, they use Jesus, they use religion to exalt themselves. I can, you know, I can listen to all these Bible verses I've memorized. Awesome. Memorizing the Bible is awesome unless I'm using it to exalt myself and then it's not so awesome, right? Like in, in, the old, in the old Western movies, some of the worst outlaws were the ones that quoted the Bible, right? They're, they're, uh, it's, it's a horrible thing. When, you're, when you try to use Jesus to exalt yourself, it's ugly. It doesn't work. And the world knows it and they see it. Uh, are we exalting ourselves or humbling ourselves by exalting Christ? Look what He's done for us. Look who He is. Uh, that's, that's, that's who Paul was. He went from being this old dog of the law to being this man that exalted Jesus Christ with everything that he had. They would, they would, pile, they would pile rocks on him and, and they'd leave him for dead and he would come out of that rock pile bloody and beaten and bruised and, and exalt Christ. Right? He, he would just lived his life to exalt Jesus Christ. Are you shutting the kingdom of heaven in people's faces through laws and rules and regulations and all these things? Or are you inviting everyone into the kingdom of heaven through Jesus? Which one are we doing as a church? Is the way we do things shutting the kingdom of heaven in people's faces? Or are we striving as a church to say, what can we do to be as... You know, welcoming and warm and inviting to everyone in Walnut Springs and all around as we can to say, come and know our Savior Jesus Christ. Are there old ways that we're hanging on to that have nothing to do with Jesus that are shutting the kingdom of heaven in people's faces? If so, we should get it out. We should be willing to let it go, let it die, put it to death. Are you a whitewashed tomb? Outwardly beautiful, but inwardly full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness, appearing righteous to others, but within you're full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. We should prayerfully think about that today. Are you in a relationship with the law? Or are you in a relationship with the Lord? Verse 6, Romans chapter 7, But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Jesus fulfilled the law, and you and I can't fulfill it. That's why He did it. 
He died for us while we were still in our sin, and He gives us a new way to live. Are we living that life? Are we leading people into relationship with the Lord? Pray about that practically in your life. What can you do to lead people into a relationship with the Lord? What can you change? What can you allow God to, to empower you to do to, to, to help people to be that welcome sign into the kingdom of heaven through Jesus Christ? Let's pray together. God, we thank You for Your Word and we just pray You help us. We're often so dead in our old ways. We're so lethargic and apathetic and and we're so dim when the world looks at us, they're not seeing the life and the, uh, the power of Jesus Christ. They're just seeing that old religion, that old law, that old way. And God, we ask You to, to, to help us to put all that to death, to live according to the new way of the Spirit. God, that we would live lives that abound in grace and mercy and love and power and truth and, and life and hope. And God, only You can do these things. God, if there's any of us here today that are lost and we're dead in that old way of living, we pray today would be a day of salvation. You'd help us to repent of any man-made, people-made, religious ideas of any ways that we use You to exalt ourselves, Of all the hypocrisy... And that You would just bring a newness into our lives. God, if there's any here that need to be saved today, that today needs to be that day, they pray and they invite You into their life. Help them to do that right now. To be saved from the ways of this world. From the darkness. Bring in Your light to their hearts. And as we close with this last song, God, help us to praise You. Help us to worship You and help us to respond in the way that You're calling us to respond. In Jesus' name we pray.